I'm Dan Joseph. You're listening to Dan Joseph's America podcast. So um, the Supreme Court yesterday refused a request by the state of Florida to reinstate a law signed by Governor DeSantis that targeted drag shows. You know drag shows, right? It's, it's a weird world, but it's a popular one. Drag shows are, consist of men, almost exclusively gay men, that dress up like women and perform. And it's not like uh, transgenders. They aren't trying to look like actual women. It's an exaggerated version of a woman. And they're gaudy and they're over the top and they wear these outrageous outfits and they have lots of makeup on. And like I said, it's extremely popular. RuPaul's Drag Race, a show where drag queens compete and they lip sync and stuff and dance around. It was extremely popular. RuPaul himself is seen as a a drag trailblazer. It's an entire culture. And, And I remember going to Vegas when I was in my early 20s. And there were a few drag shows in town. I never went to one, but it was on, it was drag queens dressed up like celebrities lip syncing their songs. And you would have Cher, a Cher drag queen, Britney Spears drag queen, a Madonna drag queen. It was huge. One year, a drag queen named Frank Marino won Vegas Entertainer of the Year for his impression of Joan Rivers. And I remember his picture was on buses and billboards all over town. It was an incredibly popular show, and it, you know, it helped pave the way for things like RuPaul's Drag Race. Despite that, drag is still a novelty, and I have never personally been to a drag show. I've seen Drag Race a few times. I don't really understand the appeal, but it's huge, especially in the gay community. Now, over the last few years, drag queens have increasingly become a staple of the LGBTQ community. They're they're at all the parades, they're at all the events. They have been embraced by that community and used by that community to preach tolerance and acceptance. And one of the things that's become a cultural flashpoint is drag queen story time. Now, for those of you who don't know this, this is where drag queens go to public libraries or a school And they read storybooks to little kids. Now, I personally don't think that drag queens reading to little kids is particularly harmful. I I don't think it's necessarily an attempt to sexualize them. Even though drag is traditionally a hypersexualized performance art. And there's a lot of provocative stuff in drag shows. But what I've never really understood about drag queen story time is A – why parents want to take their kids to see drag queens read books and B why the drag queens are so hell bent on reading to little kids. And I, I, I think these are fair questions. And the first question, why parents want to take their kids to these readings. I think that's pretty obvious. I think it's a virtue signal. It's a virtue signal by the parents to show other parents how woke and how open-minded they are. Because let's be honest here. Most of these kids don't know what's going on. The, the parents will say that this is teaching kids about tolerance and acceptance, but in all likelihood, the kid doesn't know what the hell is, is happening. When I was in kindergarten, if I saw a drag queen, I would assume that it was just a very funny looking woman. That That's kind of what the drag queen is going for. So unless the parents are explaining to kids, hey, that's a gay dude who likes to dress up in ladies' clothes and wear a lot of makeup, I would get nothing out of the spectacle. 
I wouldn't have known what a, a gay person was in kindergarten. Now, the books that these drag queens are reading are often about sexuality and gender. You can make an argument that this is preaching tolerance of LGBTQ people. But again, I'm, I'm not sure that a kid in kindergarten or preschool is going to understand this stuff. So like I said, this is for the parents, not the kids. It makes the parents feel good about themselves and they can parade their kid around and show off how woke they are. I don't necessarily see much harm in that. But I don't see it as being particularly useful in terms of the kid's upbringing. Okay, so the second question is why? Why do the drag queens and why does the LGBTQ community think it's so important to introduce these kids to drag queens? And why do the drag queens want to read to little kids so badly? I don't really know the answer to that question. I think some of it is them thinking that being exposed to this stuff is healthy for the kid to be exposed to this art form, the art form of drag. Like I said, though, I I think the kids are probably too young to understand what's going on. But I think the real reason that the LGBTQ movement is so determined to keep doing it is because they know it upsets some people. That's the reason at this point in time. They know a lot of people think it's weird. A lot of people think it's inappropriate. And drag queen story time is a thumb in the eye to those people, which I think the LGBTQ movement loves to do. They love sticking their thumb in the eye of people who are skeptical about the movement. It's the baker baking a cake for the gay wedding. Constitutional issues aside, the LGBTQ movement does that kind of thing to force acceptance and to upset the people who they see as oppressors. There's there's another group, also drag queens, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And these are a bunch of gay guys dressed up as nuns who do provocative things that are meant to upset Catholics. That's the only reason they exist. And part of that's revenge They see it as a way to stand up to a church that they view as an oppressive force. But really, it's about mockery. And it's about upsetting religious people, if you're going to be honest about it. So that's why they want to do it. It's not about grooming kids. It's not about trying to turn kids gay or promoting transgenderism. We can have that discussion when it comes to some other things that the movement is doing, particularly in schools. But drag queen story time is not that. So as I mentioned, a lot of people are concerned about kids being exposed to drag queens and drag performances. And Florida passed a law. And what the law says is that it's a misdemeanor to knowingly admit a child into a, quote, adult live performance, which is defined as shows that depict lewd conduct or lewd exposure of prosthetic or imitation genitals or breasts. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that's, that's what it says. So DeSantis and the politicians in Florida did this with drag queens story time in mind, right? That this is what caused this law to be passed. And they used the hypersexualized drag performances that happen at brunches and other venues to crack down on the story time, even though the two things are not the same. I mean, there are a lot of women out there with, you know, real women with, uh, fake breasts. And I don't think this law applies to them. Now, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals struck the law down 
on First Amendment grounds. A, a restaurant in Orlando called Hamburger Mary's, a place that puts on drag shows while people eat, asked a judge to invalidate the law, and the judge did on First Amendment grounds. So the judge put a stop to the law. So kids are still allowed to go to drag shows regardless of what kind of performances they're putting on. So the state appealed it to the Supreme Court. And in a final vote of six to three, they decided not to put the law back in place. So it upheld the 11th Circuit's ruling. But the the, the Supreme Court didn't make a ruling as to whether it was a First Amendment issue. Nor did they say anything about whether drag shows are appropriate for minors or not. The dissenters were Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. And Kavanaugh and Barrett, uh, along with the three liberal justices, voted to keep the 11th Circuit's ruling in place. But, but the, look, there's a chance that the question of whether this is a First Amendment issue or not will eventually go before the court and they will eventually decide on it. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that the First Amendment protects the drag performers from putting on the shows or being stopped from putting on the shows. I don't think there's any question about that. You can do what you want. That's that's free speech. If you want to dress up like a woman and dance around and lip sync, that's your business. The question is whether the state can restrict minors from viewing behavior that it deems inappropriate. And it, it would seem to me they probably can because when you think about it, kids aren't allowed in strip clubs and they aren't allowed to look at porn online. And I'm not, I'm not comparing all drag queens to pornographic performances, but it can get pretty lewd sometimes. Over-the-top sexual expression is part of the drag culture. So this is a really tough one in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't think that kids should be exposed to sex or sexual innuendo or be encouraged to question their gender until they are old enough to understand the implications of those things. And that's, that's something that the LGBTQ movement and progressives want kids to be exposed to. It's what they're trying to do when they hang a gay pride flag in classrooms or read kids' stories with gay themes, like the, this book, Pride Puppy. You heard about this, Pride Puppy? It's an actual book storybook where a puppy goes to a pride parade with a bunch of kids and it includes activities like the reader having to find items in the crowd like underwear and leather and that wouldn't be so bad but the lgbtq movement is fighting tooth and nail so that parents are not able to opt their kids out of being exposed to the material So there's no question in my mind that the schools and the LGBTQ activists are making a concerted effort to force kids to be exposed to this stuff. And while they claim it's to promote inclusivity, I think parents and lawmakers are genuinely concerned that the material is inappropriate for young kids. It deals with themes and ideas that a kid needs to be able to grasp, but you need to be at a certain age in order to grasp it. It's also why telling kids that they can be any gender they want is not sitting well with a lot of parents. And in many cases with these teachers in schools, it appears that they are actively encouraging kids to experiment with gender nonconformity. And that's wildly inappropriate. And if you don't believe me on that one, check out some of the stuff on libs of TikTok sometime. I mean, there are crazies in these schools. 
teachers, administrators that are bringing a curriculum of sexually charged ideas to children. It's just a fact. Now, I think the Florida law goes a bit too far when it bans kids from drag shows. I don't really view them as being inherently dangerous, but I understand why all of this is concerning and it's inappropriate for the LGBTQ movement to throw a temper tantrum and call parents bigots if they question whether it's appropriate and question why the LGBTQ movement is so hellbent on exposing young kids to this stuff. So that's why they vilified DeSantis. That's why they're trying to vilify groups like Moms for Liberty who are opposed to graphic sexual material in school libraries. Not banning books, not saying these books can't be anywhere, just not in school libraries or in a special section of the school library. It's not a crazy or bigoted thing to have concerns about this stuff. But I think Florida went a bit too far in this case. I think the law is written in too vague of a way to know how it should be implemented. I do. Too vague. And a lot of DeSantis' laws are, are way too vague. But this is ground zero for the culture wars. And these issues are going to play out in courts. They are going to play out in the media where you have companies like Disney bending over backwards to try and show how pro-gay and pro-DEI they are. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think eventually the left and the LGBT groups are going to have to offer up a better explanation as to why kids should be exposed to this stuff. I'm Dan Joseph. This is the Dan Joseph's America podcast. Check out my videos at Dan Joseph 78 on YouTube. My Facebook page is going to be up soon. And follow me on Twitter at Dan Joseph 365. See you next time.